Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in, 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we're a day late, but we're still on time. Give us a call. Let's talk some sports. 718-664-9098. Like always, Ray and Tay today at gmail.com. You want to give us some thoughts on the Martin Luther King Day games, NFL playoffs, whatever, we're here for you, com. And like Antonio Brown, we are very social. We're not Facebook living because this is kind of intimate, you know, kind of family-like. But, you know, you join us because we're always talking sports with friends. Ray, we'll get to the basketball and some college hoops with uh, old, new number one. But we got to start with the final four of the NFL playoffs. And I think – uh, rating set, records set with the ratings and great games. Let's start with the Chiefs and Steelers. That was the last game. It was supposed to be the first game on Sunday. I hope the NFL doesn't switch the model because of that storm, but they might had a, I think, a 37 rating. My question to you is, though, Ray, did the Steelers win it or did the Chiefs lose it? And not just the holding play on the two-point conversion, but do you think Alex Smith, Andy Reid, and, and Kelsey, did they leave a lot of plays on the field? Or you could say the same for the Steelers with a record of six field goals from Chris Boswell. How, do you, how did you look at it? I know how I looked at it as a Steelers fan, but how did you look at it with you know, no horse in the race? I, I never liked that. Did somebody win? Did somebody lose it? I mean, on one play, this game could have gone either way. But I will say this. Pittsburgh dominated the game. They scored six times. They just couldn't punch the ball in. And Pittsburgh is typically a pretty efficient offense, one of the better offenses, one of the better offenses in converting uh, touchdowns instead of field goals. So give right. the Chiefs credit because their defense is great. Their home field is great, but at the end of the day, they're not potent enough, the Kansas City Chiefs. And there is a ceiling that these Kansas City Chiefs will not cross through, especially if they don't have a Jamal Charles, because they're just not dynamic enough. Tyreek Hill was taken out of the game, and then once he's out of the game, the combination of Alex Smith, Kelsey, Macklin, they're all good players, but... In order to beat Pittsburgh, you have to shut them down offensively, which they did, but you also have to score your own points. You have to create. At the end of the day, you're going to have to be better on four to five plays than the guy in front of you, and you're going to have to score touchdowns, and they just couldn't do that. So even though the score was (laughs) 18-16, I felt like this score could have played out in the 20s, in the 30s, or in the teens, Pittsburgh's the better team. Pittsburgh's more explosive. And this Kansas City Chiefs team has a limit to where they can go. So I think the game played out exactly who, like Denny Green said, we are who who we thought they were. So Pittsburgh's a little disappointing 
that they didn't score touchdowns, but but give them credit, they scored six times. And Kansas City, we know they're not dynamic enough. They cannot score enough points. And you know, we all say always say defense wins championships, and I hundred percent believe it. But you can't have you know, you've got to have at least an average offense, right? You you got to be able to score some points because you're playing elite teams when you get to this far in the playoffs. So I, I thought it was completely. Uh, you know, sort of indicative of both teams. Yeah. No, no, that's that's a good point. I'll say this, and you always say with Alex Smith, you know, and he, he doesn't throw it far enough down the field, and there's a limit and a ceiling on him. You almost forgot Macklin was in the game after he had one or two catches early, and then they kind of, you know, give Steelers defense credit the last six, seven weeks. They've averaged like 16 points a game in what they give up, and they've been playing ball, and six times and it should have been seven times because Ben threw the interception down in the red zone and, and that was just a horrible pass but with Le'Veon two weeks in a row 167 and 170 putting Franco third all time and getting 30 carries that was huge and obviously the first down to Antonio to ice it Jesse James showed up Eli Rogers they have a lot of weapons. Uh, Hamilton didn't even do that much they had De- DeMarcus Ayers contributing. The Steelers um they're like the Falcons in terms of just a plethora of talent. And I think these final four teams are all coming in with, you know, sort of average defenses and really good offenses and good offensive line play. And I think people are forgetting the Steelers have the second or third best offensive line in the NFL. So let's go to the earlier game. The Packers-Cowboys had a, a crazy the best rating in like the Super Bowl era for divisional playoffs for the um, Cowboys and Packers. And, you know, for me, I think Ezekiel needed more than 22 carries. I know that they got down early, but I think in the beginning there were, there were some times that even once they started to get back in the game, they needed, especially on the last two or three drives, they needed to feed Zeke the ball more and run the clock more. They left Aaron too much time, 35 seconds, which people would be like, really? But you're like, yeah, really. <laughs> He's that Rogers, much of a bad yeah, really. man. And I was glad to see Dak make that comeback and Dez stepped up for him and Witten had his first touchdown ever in playoff history. That blew me away as much as him and Romo, you know, have a hug fest. But, um, look, the Cowboys are in good shape. They just have to find a way to get rid of Romo and then take that money and put it into a pass rush. They need another corner, you know, and, and they need, you know, a little help on defense because that offense and the offensive line is set at least for the next five to eight years with, with the youth that they have. It's a very young team. Des is still – he's a young veteran, but he's still young. So Cowboys, you know, fans – but my question is, I don't, I don't see why – honestly, I wouldn't stay with Jason Garrett. I, that's, I just don't think he's the guy to, to win you the chip. That's just – you know, my opinion, I know you're kind of indifferent to him, but I don't think he's the guy. And for the Packers, I'm more impressed that they did this without Jordy Nelson. I just didn't think they could. And, Ray, that defense just does enough. And Aaron Rodgers does oh so very much. What a pass. What amazing passes. What a seven-game stretch he's been on. Probably, like Trent Dilfer said, this is the best seven-game stretch he's ever seen any quarterback ever play. And I, how could you disagree? You know, Packers yeah, I agree with everything you said. The one thing I'll say is the Cowboys, if they want to look, all they have to do is look to the Seattle Seahawks. They're built a little bit differently, but they were able to get Russell Wilson on the cheap, 
and for a few years go to a couple Super Bowls while Russell Wilson was on his cheap rookie contract. So they could do that with Dak. If they can get rid of Tony Romo and his money, they can put that money elsewhere. Now they'll have to pay Dak, and they'll have to pay Ezekiel Elliott. But until they do, uh, you know, Ezekiel is still number four overall pick, so he's still making decent money. But until they do, yeah. they have a window of about three years where they can put that money into defensive line, into pass rush, into maybe one more dynamic playmaker. You know, their number one pass catcher is Cole. Be easy. So uh, you could probably do better than that. But uh, he's a nice player, but but he shouldn't be your number one, uh, your top receiver. So as a Cowboy fan, I was disappointed in the outcome, but not really disappointed in the season. 13-3, and three, if you tell me we've got a run of two, three, four years of being competitive, and maybe one of those years you can break through to the Super Bowl, I'll take it. So, yeah, frustrated, but... Uh, keep telling people, man, Aaron Rodgers is the best player in football. I don't care what happens with Olivia Munn, his brother, his family. <laughs> this game is all about the quarterback, and he's the best. Not only is he the best, but I'm going to say something crazy, and I told you this a few weeks ago, and you, you we started to iterate that a few days ago, is Tom Brady's going to go down as the best quarterback of all time just because, not just, but because of his accomplishment on the field. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers does everything better than, at least as well or better than Tom Brady. And yeah, he's because not going to win. Because he can run and throw on the because run. Because he can run. He's just as accurate. He can throw the deep. He can throw the whole route. He can run. He can throw the deep, the short, the in between, the accuracy, off balance, on balance. He's the best off balance thrower in the history of the game. He's got everything that you ever wanted in a quarterback. He will probably not win five. Let's say Tom Brady wins five Super Bowls. He will not win five. But if he wins two or three, I hate to say it because Joe Montana was our guy for 30 years. Tom Brady's been our guy for the last two, three years. Aaron Rodgers is the best player in football and maybe the best football player of all time. Um, you know, he doesn't have the Jerry Rice and the and the Joe Montana and the uh, Tom Brady Super Bowl rings, but right. this guy is no, about as I hear you. Yet. And it's a hard career to assess because there's three years on the bench, you know what I mean? Just imagine if it wasn't those three years under Favre, what could have been. But, man, he has been so impressive. You'd really like to see him get to the – pass Manning and gets at the third Super Bowl win, he's got to at least get two, though, because if you don't win two, Ray, it's a little hard. And I can't can't say the best quarterback of all time has only won one, right? So 100%. Gosh, Eli Manning's won two Super Bowls. So you know you've got to win two. You've got to win two. Have to win two. two. If you win three, that argument has (laughs) has more beef. So let's go to the games that were almost forgettable after Sunday, Saturday night, and talking about the great legend who's going for five and is in his sixth straight AFC championship, Brady and Belichick, the best head coach and quarterback duo. Ray, I got to say, the Texans really impressed me for like a while in this game. If if they had Romo at that quarterback, this game might have been had. Brock Osweiler is really not good, 
and I don't think even a second year in this system is going to make him that much better. I, I believe Tom Savage will beat him out, and then towards the end of next season or after, or after next season, they'll just cut him because i got to keep him one more year for that contract. But what I saw out of Jadavion County and Whitney Merciless, if I'm a Texas fan, Texans fan, makes me so excited because they're just another corner an offensive lineman and a quarterback away for winning it all. They've got talent and oodles and oodles of it. Lamar winning Miller, it all. That needs... you got him winning it yes. all. Wow. I mean, okay. you got to have the right guy under center, right? It's He's not there yet, and I don't think it's savage. So maybe you can get Phillip Rivers in the back end, Drew Brees for a year, somebody. But, Ray, Lamar Miller's he's good enough, and 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 – Hopkins and Fuller's got to stop dropping them, but you know they get another tight end. I, I, I just think that Can defense. No, I, I love CJ Fedorowicz. You know the Texans always have a good tight end. Going back to Owen Daniels, but give Edelman and Brady credit. And how about can we just clap it up for our guy, Dion Lewis, Ray? I mean, boy, the Eagles are kicking themselves, right? How incredible, three touchdowns, set a record, three different ways, run, pass, kick, return. The kid is so talented, and this is from an ACL that went wrong and, and was made him be out a year and then some. So he's healed, and he's dynamic, and I'm scared of him for the Steelers next week, but um, not much I can say. You know, Brady didn't look like the Brady we would like to see at, you know, two interceptions, but he righted the ship. And they're, they're, but I'll tell you this: they are vulnerable to Pittsburgh because not having Gronk, it is a big deal. You see, it's harder for them to get the bigger plays, you know. So we'll see how that plays out. But good win for them, you know. Uh, that's, that's all I got to say about the Pats. Yeah. Also, give them credit though for getting Martellus Bennett. I mean, how many teams out there would go out and? When your best player is Gronkowski, I mean, other than Brady, right? When your best player in offense is Gronkowski, go out and get another top ten tight end in Martellus <coughs> Bennett. And it's just next man up. So th- this will be fascinating. I do I do love these franchises with a lot of history going up against each other. But, yeah, Houston also, like the Cowboys, I mean, different situation, but you got to be happy with what you – had at the end of the season. If I told you that Brock Osweiler is as bad as he is, which I don't think he's worth, you know, half of his contract, and yet they win the division, <laughs> they play fairly decent football, uh, they win, you know. One playoff game, yeah. They win a playoff game and, and play, you know, uh, respectably against, you know, what might be the best, you know, franchise in the NFL in the last 20 years. Uh, not bad. Not bad at all. You're right. Totally right. Let's go to the Falcons, man. I think in a lot of ways we've corrected our wrongs, but we both, you know, owe them just a a huge, I'm sorry, 36-20, but it's not just this. It's the whole season. It's Dan Quinn. It's the defense. It's making Seattle South, which is what he's doing. But with Matty Ice, who I, in some ways I slept on, he's had a transformation because we saw a couple of years ago where that guy was scared to death if he had a pass rush coming at him. Now he got Alex Mack and he's got a better offensive line, but he's got two running backs, three receivers, you know, a little bit of help at tight end and away they go. I'm blown away because Ray, you know, Seattle, they, they have the pedigree, 
but no offensive line and no Earl Thomas turned turned out to be too much against a team like Atlanta that is so balanced. And Matt Ryan's Matt Ryan is the MVP this year. You got a 117 quarterback rating. It's just incredible, and he showed it. <clears throat> and it's going to be a duel between him and Rodgers, like the old Western duels. But it will be the last one in the Georgia Dome. I heard they're trying to get the reunion of Outcast to perform for that game. That would be really dope. We'll see what happens. But can you believe that this stadium is only 25 years, Ray, and already getting a new stadium? Is, is that where we're at now in our world, that the Georgia Dome is outdated, that they need a new stadium? Not only that, but remember <laughs> in Atlanta, they did, that, they did that with the baseball stadium. They did it in Miami with the Heat when they came in the league in 89, and I think like in 10 years later in 99 they needed a new stadium. Who are the architects Ugh. building these stadiums that don't last? I mean, we need to start calling people out. I'm sorry, especially when it's taxpayer money. You know, they're playing hundreds of millions, approaching billions of dollars, and these stadiums aren't future-proof. That's why you can't blame the Charger fans. They're like, we won't do it. You're a billionaire. You pay for it. You and the NFL. And I don't blame the Charger fans. I really don't. Did you hear? This is funny. So all the moving companies in, in San Diego refused to help the Chargers, and eight of them in L.A., also refused to help the Chargers. So the Chargers oh, are funny. having trouble finding a moving company, Ray. Oh, my God. They <laughs> got to call classic. like a St. Louis company to help them. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, no, you don't want to do that. They'll be like, heck no. We we got left at the altar, too. So tell me what impressed you most about the Falcons, man. You know, this team has been on a roller coaster ride last couple of years. Remember how they hit the – they were like – what seven and one and they hit the wall last year they lose their guy julio jones they were a defensive-minded football team and then and then everybody said well what are they going to do on offense no problem maddie ice so what impresses me is just their ability to stick to it to just say you know what there's a lot of noise in the background and we're just going to find a way tony gonzalez retires they find a way, and the key acquisition, I think, is the running game. I mean, as much as, you know, Sanu and Julio Jones are great, and Matt Ryan has been, been the Matt Ryan that, that he thought they had two, three years ago when they projected him at this point in his career, I think having the, the breakout performance of Devontae Freeman and then having Coleman also in that backfield, I think it relaxes everybody. Everybody just gets to play ball. Nobody feels like they have to do more than they have to do. And Matt Ryan is relaxed. He doesn't feel like he has to score 30, even though he is, but he doesn't feel like he has to score 30 to win games. So I just think they walk about them. They have an air of confidence about themselves. They have this home game against the Packers. They've been in it all season. They've put up points. They've they've punched a bully in the mouth. So, Good for Atlanta, you know, sticking to it, not panicking, not making a change, not, you know, doing something dramatic like trading Matt Ryan. So just sticking with the plan. That's what I like about them. And, and again, two running backs. If you think about it, this, this team probably has the new formula. I mean, obviously, if you can find a Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell, right? But, but this is the formula in the NFL, you know, the thunder and lightning, the yeah. two backs, the guys that can give you productivity on every down, 
and and they mastered it. I mean, they found themselves two gems in Freeman and Coleman. Both young too. That's it's. Uh, you're right. It's a great. It's a great situation, and um, I, I still think the the best acquisition was Alex Mack. That guy has solidified that offensive line and and that team. So Friday we will preview and get all up in the AFC Championship. It's going to be amazing. Um, before we get to Warriors Cavs and that destruction, I don't think it means much. We got to talk about the Knicks losing again at the end. A missed Must shot. Mello, <laughs> Mello gets the rebound. Well, Mello gets the rebound and he has a shot and he misses. They lose to Tim Hardaway Jr. and Schroeder. 108-107. The Hawks actually By the way, have Hardaway really Jr. quiet as kept is playing fair, very well. Playing pretty he good did. ball, Ray. I, I didn't. I really didn't want to give him up, but he's playing pretty good ball. Especially now we don't even have Jerry and Grant uh, on the team. It, it's kind of hurtful, but um, I think you know without Kyle Korver, they're a little bit more of a defensive team, and they're sharing the ball now with Howard. And, and give the Hawks credit; they're playing good ball, right? No Hawford. No Corver, they, they no T. They really are are doing something. Um, they're what like the fourth seed in the East. But the Knicks, you know, I don't know. They need to just whatever it is, just do it. Just say it. If if you're ready to train Melo, ask him. You know, he said in the locker room, look, if 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 this is what they want, they they don't want me here anymore. Then maybe it's a conversation we need to have. I mean. The rumors are he would potentially go to the Clippers or Cavs and would okay a deal for that. He doesn't want to go to the Clippers. Look, Melo only needs chips to solidify his legacy. He would have to go to Cleveland and play there for this season and next season, get maybe to Why not a ring the or two. Aren't we saying that Ray, the Clippers are on the win. verge? No, because there's something wrong. I think it, I don't know if it's the curse of the previous owner. There's something wrong. They always get injured. They mentally don't do this. You know, Paul, they beat OKC last night, right? Destroy them. But then Chris Paul gets hurt again. Blake's out. This, that. It, it's just DeAndre Jordan's got Garnett coaching him, but will he listen? Ray, it. it it's not going to work. I wouldn't. I would not go to the Clippers. I would just go play with LeBron. Go be your big four against their big four, and let's have a game seven, third finals rematch, and let's have a classic. That's 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 what everybody wants. That's what has to happen. I don't know what Cleveland would have to give up. You know, maybe say, a young you point guard. Twenty-four million dollars into that. I have that no freaking structure. clue. I have no freaking clue, but the NBA is funny money. They'd make it work somehow, right? I, I don't know what they would do. But to me, I I want to see Melo retire Nick because I, I hate when we get rid of great players. But if it's not working, it's not working. I don't think he's the problem. I think it's the offense and trying to trying to be Phil's team, trying to be Hornacek's. Let Hornacek's let Hornacek's offense be his offense, and let's not try to do triangle and let's just share the ball. I don't think Melo's a bad player. I just don't. But right now, ain't nobody hotter than the Washington Wizards. Woof! We took it to Portland last night. Uh, Sixers beat the Bucks. I mean, what 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 is impressing you the most right now in the NBA? And maybe it's the Warriors and the Rockets, but even from last night's games, tell me, MLK Day, what what impressed you in the NBA? You know, the NBA puts up a pretty good show 
on the MLK. Oh, the TNT was great. Ernie Johnson and the guys they had on, the civil rights leaders, it was amazing. They did a great job. I got it. But there's a few things that, that impressed me, right? Everybody was talking about Yannis Antetokounmpo. And Yannis Antetokounmpo is nice. And I love oh, he's good. Yannis Antetokounmpo. But you know what? I'm old school. Give me a big man. Give me Joel Embiid. And everybody talks about the Sixers and the plan is finally coming together. You know what? When you pick in the top ten, with the exception of the Clippers and Donald Sterling and Elgin Baylor, who couldn't get it right, right. for 20 years, but when you pick in the top ten, you're going to hit a home run eventually. And this kid Embiid is a home run. They just got to keep him healthy. And and, and yeah. he's really he's the real deal. And get Ben so, Simmons going, and they're gonna be ridiculous. Oof. Yeah, Ben Simmons. Uh, hopefully, you know, Eagles are, are able to be maintained, and and uh, Dario Sarr can can develop. But yeah, I like yeah. this young Sixer team, and I love this kid Joel Embiid. So that was. Do you like them more than the young Minnesota team, who's kind of struggled this year? If we're being fair. Yeah, so so you talk about Carmelo and the Knicks. Something's missing with that team. That team should be much better than they are. I'm surprised. And and Carl Anthony Towns, everybody's like, oh, he's the best young player in the game. And and Wiggins and Levine, and, you know, they have some role players. And and Rubio, for as much as his deficiencies on defense, he, 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 you know, definitely distributes the ball, gets people. They can get people the ball in in the right situations. But something is missing about that that team. I, I predict they got to trade not. Rubio Ray before the deadline. You got to give the keys to the young kid. Yeah, but if, if Dunn isn't but if Dunn isn't beating him in practice, well, why? I mean, I agree. But but the fact of the matter is, Dunn's Dunn's not doing it in practice. So Dunn's not earning himself that that job. Uh, maybe he's a year or two away. I don't know. But it, it's more than Marco Rubio on that team. That's not Marco. <laughs> Ricky Rubio on that team that's holding them back. So I don't know. So yeah, in some ways I I'd rather be a Sixer fan. I'll tell you what. And plus they play in the West. Yeah. I mean, gosh, for the next five years you you're going nowhere. Remember I said it on Ray and Tay when we had our caller who was the cowboy uh which uh Pittsburgh guy. I said that the Sixers might win it in 20, what, so what did I say, 17, 18, or 18, 19? I said they might win the Something chip, like man. that, yeah, so you did. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's talk a little college hoops, man. I mean, so Villanova, you know, Baylor was number one for like a second. Um, they dropped down to six. Yeah. Kentucky, five. Gonzaga, four, which I feel like they should be one, if we're being fair. They beat St. Mary's, and it's not like – their 17 and 0 is is Fugazi, right? And number three is UCLA, two is Kansas. Villanova's back at number one. Nova wins last night, but I don't know. Tell me this: one, congrats to Roy Williams, get 800 wins. But do you think of Roy Williams ahead of Coach K, Dean Smith, uh, Calipari, or Beheim, or even Patino? I kind of think he's next tier. How do you view Roy? Oof, that's a handful. Uh, I mean, he's right up there with Beheim. I don't see. I don't say that Beheim's any better than, than than Roy Williams. In fact, I'd probably take Roy Williams over Beheim. Um, really? But you're right in terms of the the legend category. So I put Bob Knight in there too. Bob yeah, Knight, right, Coach K, uh, Dean Smith. I think those guys are still 
a notch above Roy Williams. You know, you and I have always had an issue with his with his in-game strategy. Uh, his, uh, they love that. He's like Andy Reid. His execution. <laughs> yeah, he is kind of an Andy Reid, except he's got championships. So give him credit. Now, the first one he won with Matt Doherty's kids, but, but he then recruited yeah. and, and did his own and then, you know, came close a couple times with Kansas and with Carolina. So he, he's an elite coach. Sometimes I think that he's been elite because he's been at Kansas and Carolina. So if you yeah, those him, schools recruit themselves. Let's be fair. Yeah, the last thirty. I mean, since we were young, those schools have been recruiting themselves for thirty years. Yeah. Does he does he go to even a Final Four if he's at Providence or Clemson or Butler or yeah. Butler? That's fair. Or That's fair. you know uh, Minnesota. Hey, Ray, sure. speaking of which, speaking of which, we got some good teams later, hanging around later on in, in, in the rankings. I mean, we're going to have Notre Dame against Florida State. That's a great game coming up um, tonight. And then Notre Dame plays Syracuse, but that's a big-time game. Notre Dame, Florida State, um, you're talking 15 against 10. Butler's been looking good, who had a good win. You know, I mean, some of these teams outside of the top 10, Oregon, uh, we got a good – this is a hard – you know, you feel like it's top-heavy, but I feel like there's some teams that are in the top 20 that could surprise us come tournament time. You know what I mean? 100%. And this is one of those years where even – and because of the one-and-dones and because of the way these teams are configured, this is going to be a very, very interesting tournament where it's not – even though you might have some two, three, four lost teams, I mean, really, fifteen, twenty teams can win this thing. Yeah, no, it's going to be wide open. I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait. So, should be some fun games, some good basketball games coming up this week. Friday, we're talking AFC and NFC championship. I can't believe it. The season is coming to the end, Ray. Wow, we we. We're here, you know, and, and raise two teams. And depression. Raise two teams are still alive. You, you still got the Patriots Packers alive, Ray. I got to give you credit. I still got my Steelers alive. My Seahawks are gone, but Ray's got both his two teams alive. So we'll see what happens. We could get some interesting rematches, or we could get the best. Can you imagine Rodgers against Brady? I think all the quarterbacks in the in the game, the retired quarterbacks, that's what they want to see. To be honest, everybody wants to see Rodgers against Brady. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. It's a quarterback-driven <laughs> league, and those two are the best. It's a master class. So we'll be back Friday. Everybody have a great sports week, and uh, hey, thanks for listening. Don't trade Lolo.